This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life Made Better. We've got a super guest with us today. Gemma Ryan. Gemma is a dual qualified solicitor and chartered trademark attorney. She specializes in brand protection, in particular trademarks, copyright and designs. And she also acts in contentious matters involving infringement, such as passing off and counterfeit goods. After over 14 years of working for firms of solicitors and patent and trademark attorneys, Gemma decided to establish the Little IP Company in February 2022, yes, you heard that right, pandemic, to step away from that demanded corporate legal world, seeking a better work-life balance uh, for her young family. Gemma and I met at school, so I do know what the struggle is to try and balance that, um, you know, drop-off, pick-up, and then having to liaise with that demanding corporate work. So I am very curious to hear more about that journey, Gemma, and how you decided to to come up with a little IP company. But first, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's um, nice to to be able to talk about really my journey and hopefully inspire other people into doing the, the same sort of thing as what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that, and that is exactly our first question. Tell us a little bit about that journey. I'm sure people would love to hear more about, you know, what happened, how you how you came to leave that solicitor world into founding your own company and what gave you the, the strength to do that. I think ultimately what led me to to change course was was seeking a better uh, work-life balance for um, me and my family. Um, I've got two young children, so five and nearly three. And I don't think it really matters what kind of job you have. All jobs are really stressful. But as a lawyer working in a corporate law firm, the demands are so great that I could it can completely take over your life. Um, you know, ensuring that I was hitting billable hours and my targets and just the sheer volume of work and the pressure from the partners can just be so overwhelming for someone without children. You know, having children just adds an extra element of that. And as a parent with these two little people to think about and the constant juggle of, you know, managing the house and the the family admin that you have to do, just reading the parent portal at school, you know, obviously, you know what that's like, <laughs> you know, the washing and, and all of those things. It just made me really unhappy and very overwhelmed. And I started to feel constantly unwell, which I now know was due to stress. And I felt like, you know, sometimes I had to work late in the evenings and then the weekends and just just to, to catch up on things. And it was just getting too much for me. And I just knew that something had to change. So my husband, he's he's got his own successful business, but because he's self-employed and he works on his own, he doesn't get paid if he doesn't work, basically. So it always kind of fell on me if the kids were poorly or the kids needed something needed to be done. It was me who had to pick them up and it was me who had to take that either holiday or that parental leave. And and at times I felt like it was just one thing after another. And that stressed me out because I felt like I couldn't give 100% as a parent or as an employee. And when you love your job and you, and you love what you do, I just felt like everything was slowly slipping away. Like, you know, I I couldn't keep up with everything. And and that really did start to affect my my mental health. And 
And I was very lucky and I had a very understanding boss. And before I made the decision to um, to leave, he we had lunch and I explained the situation. And, and he was really, really supportive. And I think it actually helped that he did have kids. So he understood those struggles that, that I was going through. And I remember saying to him that, you know, after... After work, I, I get the kids, I have a few hours with them, I put them to bed. I have, what, an hour or so to myself. I'm so tired, I want to go to sleep. And then I start the night shift because my youngest child doesn't sleep very well and so he's up during the night. And it was just, I you know, every night I wouldn't get a full night's sleep. And and I think he realised then just how difficult I was. I was finding, you know, trying to find any balance at all. And then... Things massively changed when my eldest started school. So I'm sure you guys can understand this. You know, when they're when they're at nursery and they're full time at nursery, you know, bless them. They used to go half six, half um, seven in the morning till six o'clock. Such long days for for small children. But that enabled me to be able to get as much work as I done as I possibly could. And then the first lockdown hit, and I mean, that just messed absolutely everything. I think my youngest then was one and then trying to work and have that. I mean, that was just stress in itself, but everyone went through that. And then my young, my eldest started school last September and we had difficulties with wraparound care. He didn't want to go. He was, you know, he really hated school to begin with. And that was really, really hard. And, and that starting school was just a whole different ball game you know with the holidays and all of those things that you have to factor in so I knew you know something had to change and 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 to be honest with you and it upsets me even thinking about it I really really considered giving it all up and just not being a lawyer anymore I didn't want to stop that practice because I've worked so hard you know getting that dual qualification I, I had to go back to university afterwards do a whole new qualification and I just didn't want to do that and then I had a bit of a hallelujah moment because I, I went to a networking event and I was doing um, a talk about brand protection and the audience was mostly small businesses and, and startups. And when I was doing the doing the, the chat to them about, you know, what brand protection is, the importance of it and, and, and um, you know, how you protect how you protect your brands worldwide. It really dawned on me that none of them could afford my fees. I was working at this big corporate firm. And I'm thinking, no, none of you are going to instruct me to work for you. And I just thought, well, why should I could do this on my own? You know, I, if I was to work on my own, I wouldn't have those large overheads that a law firm has. So that could reflect in my hourly rate or my fixed fee that I offer my clients. I can work whenever I want to. I don't have to worry about what the partners think about me having time off again because one of the children are ill or whatever, you know. And I just thought, this could actually work. So I did some research and I spoke to insurers and the authorities that I'm regulated by and some people who have also started up on their own. And, and I started to speak to my firm actually, uh, you know, about the, the possibility of, of me being a consultant solicitor for them rather than staying on sort of as a full-time employee. And then I just, you know, spoke to my husband and, and thought, I'm just going to go for it. So I handed my notice in and and it gave me the biggest weight off my shoulders. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's that scary aspect of actually going it alone and having to, you know, find the clients and all of that. But actually just not having to worry about fitting, you know, getting that those in all those targets all the time and, and managing 
work and life. I, it was just such a relief for me. And now I get to take the kids to school and nursery, which I didn't do for a very long time. And the the mums in the playground actually know who I am now, <laughs> which they didn't before. And I go out with coffee and I go for lunch with my friends and I can actually walk the dog myself and I can exercise. And most importantly, I can actually breathe and I have time. So this is allowing me to do what I want to do. And it's opened some other doors for me doing different things that I never thought I'd do before. Like I'm lecturing at university, I'm doing podcasts, and I'm actually really enjoying it and having fun with it. Oh, that's amazing to hear all that. And I I was just uh, stunned that even though you're under that much stress, and I could feel your stress, you know, that's a big job. And having young kids as well is, is really, really difficult but you still was able to be creative and have that light bulb moment of, I can do this a different way. So kudos to you. I mean, wow. (laughs) And you know, I think it's for a long time, I I was thinking, okay, if I can't be a solicitor anymore, what the hell am I going to do? Because I actually didn't think I could do it on my own. It never even came into my mind which is such a stupid thing looking back now because obviously you can do it on your own but I just at that at that time I think I was so overwhelmed with everything I thought I was doubting myself like I can't do this on my own I can't I can't set up my own like legal practice like I need to find different career what else can I do but I love brand protection so much and I'm good at it so I needed to I didn't want to retrain to do anything I just I've got to make this work and and then just thinking wow you know People are quite sometimes quite reluctant to go and speak to firms of solicitors, solicitors or trademark attorneys because I think they think the fees are going to be so high because, you know, historically, let's, let's face it, you know, legal fees are high. But you're, you are paying for professionals and their time and, and their experience. But the great thing about being on your own is, you know, I, I can earn a good living, but actually... I can reflect that in my face because I'm still giving really good quality advice, but to people who can't necessarily afford those high, you know, fees that you pay when you go to a, to a big law firm. Mm. What I'm hearing and I, and I, I see this time and time again with most of our clients, most of the corporate clients that we work for is that labeling because for so, I think we've been, taught in a way that you are what you do and a lot of that what you do holds value if you do it for one of these big corporations or if you do it for another company and so we become so attached to that persona to that okay and your mother one for works for big corporations big solicitors and I've got to do this and if I don't do it then what what happens and it's not only what happens, it's who am I? Who do I become? Because, you know, and I've noticed is that when you meet someone, the first thing they do is like, oh, so what do you do? That's and right. I, once, I once heard, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, instead of saying, what do you do is, who are you? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's true. And I think there's always going to be those people who do want that identity. There's always going to be those people that want to work for the big corporate firms or work for a really swanky company, because that's how they like to identify themselves. Personally, for me, 
being happy is, is ultimately what I want to be. I don't care who I work for necessarily. That For me, it's to earn a good living, to be able to give my children the things that I didn't have when I was growing up and to be able to have that work-life balance that is just so important. I don't want to be a partner in a law firm. I'd rather own it, to be honest. Partners in, <laughs> partners in law firms aren't necessarily the owners. They're a salaried partner. They, they just get a salary and they probably get a bonus and it might be okay. But, but if you work for yourself, you're essentially, it's risk and reward, isn't it? You're going to earn more money. Well, I actually, going back, actually, I remember looking at my hourly rate when I was working at my last firm and thinking, I'm charging out nearly £300 an hour for my advice to my clients. And I worked out that the proportion of that that I earned in salary was so small. And I'm working all these hours, not just like during the week, but the weekends as well and late at night and more hours than I probably should be to get that work down. Like, I don't get paid anymore for that. And I thought, that's crazy. Why am I doing this to myself? It's so good, though, that you actually did, you know, even during all of that stress, stop and reevaluate that this can be done another way. And what I'm hearing as well is that we all have that doubting voice. I know when I, I was leading difficult schools and then I uh, taught at the university, I, I doubted myself that I could possibly run a business. I didn't even think that I could make money on my own. And because we have this, these limiting beliefs that do hold us back if we don't challenge them. And they are just beliefs. They're not truths. And we think that they're true. So how did you kind of address that, that, you know, that voice of, you know, I, it, this might not be possible. I might not be able to make a living like this. I try not to listen to that voice because you get that imposter syndrome all the time, don't you? I mean, the first thing that ever happens when you start on your own or even when you're thinking about it is that I can't do this. But I've been very successful in my career working with a great team and I have actually, due to lockdown, I think, had to, and, and homeworking, I've had to do a lot where I'm just getting on with it without asking anybody for help or without, you know, really, I think when you're in an office, sometimes it's easier just to ask people quick questions. But, and that's normally to just confirm that you're right in what you think, but um, especially like when you're advising clients. But when you're working on your own at home and people aren't necessarily available just to quickly speak to, you do have to, to, just get on with it and just do it. And I think if I hadn't had the working at home experience that I've had to have over the last two years, I don't know whether or not I would feel like I could do it on my own because essentially I have been doing it on my own. I've just been working for a big, you know, for a big firm and, and there is that support and there is a team there. But a lot of the time I could just not talk to anybody for days and still do my job. So that's no difference there from doing it on my own than working at a big firm. So I think if the pandemic didn't happen, I don't know whether or not actually I would be doing this now. Mm, it's amazing mm. how the pandemic has actually highlighted to us more possibility as women, especially, you know, working mums who we are picking up the slack for everything. You know, my husband runs his own business. And before 
the pandemic, I would always be the one that went to pick them up if they were ill. But now with both of us working at home, it is more of a partnership, to be honest. It's like, have you got a meeting now? If you haven't, can you go? And it, you know, it's, it is highlighted that there's so much more possibility for us to work flexibly, flexibly and adapt to all of our challenges. And, you know, we all go to uni, we're bright. We don't want to just, well, some people do, and that's okay. But a lot of us don't. We do want to be good mums and, you know, enjoy work. I think it really is. Well, it depends on what your motivation is. Because like for me, I had a lovely upbringing in the sense that my mum was amazing and I, and I have a, a lovely dad, but my mum and dad got divorced when I was eight and my mum was a single parent and she really struggled financially. And now I just think, oh my, you know, being a mum now, I just think, oh my God, you know, how did she do it? And um, because of the way that my mum was struggling and, and we missed out on a lot, I've never wanted to be dependent on anybody. So I nobody in my family had been to university. I decided to go to university and I wanted a career that meant that I could be self-sufficient and that I didn't have to depend on another person. And I think that is always has been my motivation because yeah, it's lovely to be a, a you know live the life of of not having to work of course that would be nice but to be honest I think I'll probably be a bit bored but and, I tried it it was boring yeah <laughs> it didn't work exactly. for me <laughs> it is boring of course it is you know if you're used to being busy but for me I want to know that if something happened to my husband god forbid but if something did I can look after my boys and and financially support them without having to worry and that is not what my mum had. And, and I've seen that. And that really has motivated me to, to want more and to do better. And I think that's probably my motivation to ensure that my business does work. Mm. I'm hearing two things, which I think is, is crucial to anybody's journey. Motivation, as you're saying, or goals, some people call it. So, you know, it is having that destination I would always say accepting that that destination will have all these winding roads the, you know the road is not always straight line to success as they call it but it is important to have that vision that idea that dream like you know blank insert the blank uh, in here because that's going to get you out of bed every day that's the why right that Simon Sinek says you've got to have that clear motivation, that clear drive to ensure that you're going to be getting out of bed every day, ready to do what you're about to do. If that is lacking, that's when we become that autopilot. That's when things crumble. That's when we don't feel enough or good and and everything starts falling apart. And it is, you know, crucial, as I was saying. The other thing I'm hearing is the possibility that in your case, the pandemic offered in the sense that you were able to experience it first. And now we know there's plenty of research backing this up that our brain needs security. And we are far more scared of trying or attempting to do something that we don't have evidence of success for. And what I'm hearing in your case is that the fact that you were already at home, the fact that you already had to do things on your own, that was evidence that your brain was filing and saying, hang on a minute, Gemma, we've done this. You've already been doing this. So that in itself opened up the possibility because you were pulling out on information saying, yes, you can. 
is that some of us for far too long are not even opening our eyes to see that evidence. So, you know, kind of what Flair was saying earlier, kudos to you for stopping thinking and then becoming aware of that and pulling out all the backup, if you wish, to say, hey, you've not only you can do it, you've been doing it. Yeah, and I think that's right. And also, like, just enjoying what you do is really important as well. Because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to want to do it. And then you're not going to be motivated to do it either. And just ensuring that you enjoy your job, that's that's really important. Yeah, and I, hearing you say, you know, I go for lunch now and I go for coffee, that's really important when you run your own business as well. Because you can't, you are at home a lot, on your own, working away. And, you know, having that connection is a real, you know, real boost, isn't it, to help you have the energy to carry on? I think also it's it's that, but it's, it's just having a more relaxed approach to life. I think that's really important. And that's what I'm striving to have because, you know, when you've got your own business, yeah, you want to make it successful, but you can do the hours you want to do and you can take on the work that you want to do and you actually have more of a choice whereas when you work for somebody else even if you are if you do have that flexibility which my last firm you know there was flexibility and they're an amazing firm to work for but I just felt guilty if I wasn't doing because I suppose I, I come from backgrounds of in my career of where if I'm not sat at my desk from nine o'clock until at least half past five, I'm not doing my job. I need to be readily available all the time. If somebody needs to know where I am, they know, you know, they can see that I'm online, you know, working from home or whatever. And I think that's kind of been ingrained in me. And so when I wasn't, say, sometimes, because there's peaks and troughs in every industry, isn't there? So sometimes I'd have months or weeks where I didn't have loads and loads of work to do, but I'd used to sit there and think, I've not got a lot to do. Do you know what I could really do with sorting that cupboard out? I could really do with popping down to the shops. And I felt like I couldn't do that. Even though that I probably could have done that, I felt like I shouldn't. But now because I'm in charge of my time, I can take on, you know, the work that I want to take on, I can do the hours that suits me. I don't feel that pressure anymore. And I just feel like it's such a way and it, it just enables me to just enjoy it and breathe and, and not have to worry about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Which is huge, isn't it? No, to have that in the back of your mind all the time that you might not be pulling your weight is much as you could or you know that you've taken a little trip down to the shops to get something it's crazy in the scheme of things but the reality is there that when you are in a business and everybody's you know and you're not in charge you do have that those it's, it's subliminal isn't it it's not it's not conscious you have those subconscious messages that you should be at your desk all the time but what I'm also hearing is that you you needed to get some time back for you Absolutely. And also to stop feeling the guilt that, you know, I, I, I wasn't present for my kids as much as I'd like to have been. I can see it now in them that they're enjoying their time with me and and I'm enjoying it as well. You know, they're so little and they're so small for such a long time and for such a short period of time. And I feel like they're not, at some point, they're not going to want me as much. And I've just got to enjoy this while I have it. Yep, I have three teenagers. They don't really want you anymore. 
<laughs> yeah. But what I'm hearing, and I think this is an important thing because, like, you know, this is no one size fits all. And there's people out there that the corporate world and progressing the career, working all the hours and having that buzz of being in the office surrounded by people is their thing. And absolutely go for it, embrace it. But what I'm hearing is understanding where I am in this journey and coming to terms with the fact that it will work before doesn't work now anymore. Because I'm hearing a lot of like, you know, the guilt, that identity, that inner boy saying, no, you can't. And I think sometimes we hold on to that past, if if you want to call it that way, that we don't see a way forward or we don't see the present or we don't see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it is really important to just question. This is something like, you know, I, I say to pretty much all of my clients, just question just get curious because we just get in that hamster wheel. We just accept that that is how things should be. The number of times I hear my clients say, it is what it is. Without questioning, is it? Just that, you know, those two words, is it? And sometimes just sitting down and having that moment and questioning, is this really what I want? Is this really helping me? towards what I really want in life because I can hear loud and clear for you Gemma spending time with your family spending time with your kids was one of the you know the number one priority and yes of course you love your your work but is this helping me be here I think it's also you know I absolutely love my job and I wanted to be able to still do that because that's me like that's part of me and I've always been quite proud of myself for my achievements and I didn't want to give that up because I didn't think that was fair on me and let's face it you know as parents we don't do a lot for ourselves everything's always for other people and I needed to have that outlet of of that just being my identity and my you know what I do and that's why I found it so scary to begin with and actually coming to the decision to start on my own because I felt like I I had to be part of something else to I I had that self-doubt and I still have that self-doubt of course I do I don't think anybody in their own you know starting their own business is always 100% thinking you know I can definitely do this but but yeah just being able to to see the kids and watch them grow up and not missing that I don't ever want my kids to think mum wasn't around because she was always well mum and dad were always working I'd never want them to think that I think that's quite you know, for me, that's just, it's quite upsetting that, you know, I could potentially, if I carried on in the career that I was, I was just going to miss out on some really good stuff. This is why I think that what you did was so, was so right, because you've managed to meet the needs that you need for your work, but also the needs for your kids, but also the need for your connection with your kids. So you've done something to help you be able to fulfill all needs instead of having to give one thing up for another. I think that's really important. I think anybody can make something like this work. I mean, you you do get that light bulb moment where you think, do you know, actually, there is a way around this and it will come to you at some point. Just need to really start thinking about how you can make it work. And, And I think in order to do this, 
you do need to have a bit of savings behind you, have something to fall back on because you've you've got to enable, you've got to ensure that you have a little bit of money because the money's not going to start coming in for a while. But if you can save and you can do that, just give it a go because if you don't, you might regret it. And if it doesn't work out, just get another job. <laughs> yeah. So I always thought, I'm sure the uni will have me back if it doesn't work out. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Seven years, I'm still here. So obviously it's, it's working. Well, that's it. I mean, in my industry as well, there's always jobs for, you know, lawyers that specialise in intellectual property. There's always jobs available. And I spoke to um, recruitment agents actually before I decided to, to take the step. And they said, you know, oh, don't worry about it. If it doesn't work, you know, you, you will find something. So it's not like I've given it up forever. And it's, you know, it means that I can't go back to having a job. But now I don't want to. And I suppose that gives you more motivation as well to, to carry on what you're doing and make it successful because you've sort of seen the grass is, is greener in the sense that it's a better work-life balance. And I don't think that I could go back now to, to working for a, a law firm um, unless I absolutely had to. Mm. And it's the excitement of where could this possibly lead is what I'm hearing from you as well, you know. You oh, don't yeah. know, do you? You don't know. And every hour you put in is something that you, it's like that planting that tree, isn't it? And you're watering it. You don't it know ex- what. Exactly. And, and also as well, it's the possibilities of what could be because I've never wanted to be a partner in a law firm, but I've never said that I haven't wanted to own my own law firm. And, and, you know, we all retire at some point and I need to have an income. And if I can make this work where I'm not necessarily taking on like employees, but if I could get other consultants to work with me in my business, then there's a potential there for me to have an income when I'm retired. So this is, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm 40 next year. So I've got, time to build my my business and potentially take people on to work with me and then when I retire I could have a nice little income from it as well is that Warren Buffett isn't that Warren Buffett said if you're not making income when you're sleeping then you'll you always be working <laughs> so you get something where you're where you're still earning while you're sleeping apparently so <laughs> maybe we should start thinking about that ladies <laughs> well we'll get that plan B but what I'm loving here and I think that's what happens the minute that you make a decision opportunities and doors start to open so that's another thing that I'm hearing throughout the conversation sometimes we get so stuck in our own story because again our brain is just going to throw those things at us to keep us safe but the minute that we make a decision it is amazing to see how opportunities start arising and it's not magic is that all of a sudden you're just focusing on those opportunities you're focusing on creating the opportunities and of course they're going to come so it's, it's just not you know it's, it's just not magical appearance that all of a sudden oh look an opportunity is like you're consciously creating them Do you know it's really it's funny because I've been really surprised at how many people want to help you when they realise you've gone on your own. I, I have really been quite surprised with that. So I'm on the committee for a networking um, thing in, in Leicester called Network LE. And I've been on the committee for about eight years now. And we it's a professional networking group, basically. And we have lots of people to attend our events, like our annual dinner is like four or 500 people go to it. It's, it's pretty big. 
And um, through that, I've made loads of connections over the years. I've been so surprised at how many of those people have said, oh yeah, come and talk to me. Oh yeah, do you want to come and have a chat for, you know, an hour? You know, people who normally charge for their time have said, oh, come and have a coffee with me and we'll have a chat about it. So I've been able to get free advice, you know, <laughs> from people that I know, just um, really from, from, those, from those networks and, you know, from those connections, from the networking. And um, that has been brilliant. You know, oh, I can introduce you to this person. I can introduce you to that. People people love it when you go on your own. Yeah, Yeah, people are good, aren't they, in general? I do think that they want to want to help people like to feel needed as well. So I think you'll be, yeah, if anyone's thinking about going, going it alone, you will be amazed about how many people are there to support you and how much free help there is to start with, actually. Yeah, when you need it. Yeah, I mean, funding too. There's loads of startup grants and loans and it's just there's loads of companies that specialise in helping startups too, which um, I haven't necessarily spoken to them. I've actually, I work with them like as a mentor to to help businesses with their like intellectual property and um, give them some free advice on that. But there are courses available for people who want to start up on their own and, and they really need to take advantage of getting on. A lot of universities um, do those courses mm. for free. So that's, that's what I'm hearing. The opportunity is there if you're seeking out for it. So Gemma, what is the one question that you wish we had asked you that we haven't? You know, you've already asked it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was thinking to myself, what won't they ask me? And then um, it, it's already come up in conversation. And that was, I, I didn't expect you to say, you know, what are your plans for the future or anything like that? And that's kind of, you know, what I was going to say. But I don't know. <laughs> that's good. We've done our job then, Lucia. You've done your job. <laughs> so <laughs> really good. <laughs> Can you sum up in one sentence how you have made your life better? I feel that I am now more in charge of my life and the future of my career, which I definitely wasn't before. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for summing up in that way. And thank you, Gemma, for for being with us. It's been lovely. We're going to put in the notes because I'm sure people would want to connect with you and find you out. So we'll put the links on the notes, but can you just say where they can find you? So my website is littleipco.com. And then if they go there, they'll find the social media um, links. I'm on LinkedIn as well as Gemma Ryan. And I think I'm the only intellectual property lawyer on there. (laughs) Brilliant. So we'll put that there. Thank you very much for being with us, Gemma. It's been a lovely conversation, very inspirational, very eye-opening as well. So thank you so much for being, you know, so open and so vulnerable and, and sharing so much with us. It's thank highly you. appreciated. Thank you. And we'll see how we get on. This time next year might be a whole different ball game. <laughs> we'll have you back on, Gemma. See what other advice you can give people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a part two. Um, and to all of, of you listening from home, in your public transport, whatever you are listening to us, thank you very much for joining us one more week. We appreciate you coming back. We appreciate your support. Please continue to do so. Share the love, share this episode with anybody you think will benefit from listening to us subscribe so you get alerted if you want to leave us a review we'll be forever thankful for that too and we shall be here with you back again next week uh until then please stay safe stay sane um and we'll see you shortly thank you very much <laughs>